0: This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense, science based healthcare. Here's your host, Dr. TJ Williams.
1: And welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. TJ, and with me as always is Aaron. Hi. Today on the show, we are going to talk about differences between functional medicine and conventional medicine. I feel like we talk about this. On the show quite frequently, but we haven't just dedicated a complete show to really truly getting into some of these differences. And we're going to talk about some differences that are that are maybe a little unexpected. Um, I'm not really sure um, how many of you of our listeners out there are, you know relatively new to the show if you're new to the show this is going to be brand new information for you um if you're if you're a longtime listener you're this is going to be something that seems to be old hat but you know it it's doesn't hurt to be reinforced.
2: And I also think I mean one of the reasons why we wanted to do a show like this is we get a lot of questions from current patients or emails from listeners saying, "Hey, you know, I'm, I was talking to someone or I'd like to refer someone. Do you have like information that I can, you know, send them somewhere that just kind of breaks down why would you look for functional medicine as opposed to conventional medicine?" And our thought was, well, we kind of talk about that in every show, but we didn't have
1: just... There's not like a, a set like this is how to answer these types of things. And one of the biggest things that we that we're dealing with here is when patients are asking us, "Hey, I, how, like Aaron said, how do you how do you explain this to someone?" Well, the the big difference that we talk about with functional medicine versus conventional medicine is that functional medicine is very patient centered, whereas conventional medicine is disease oriented, and. How that works is in the conventional medical model, you go to the doctor, They maybe they run some tests, um, maybe they don't, uh, and then they they focus on giving you a diagnosis, and they really want to hammer down that diagnosis, and then they want to prescribe you treatment options, i.e. medications, uh, that are are focused on that specific disease, and they're not taking into account the person with the disease. They're not taking into account your specific health history, your specific situation, your specific environmental exposures. They're not taking into con- into consideration anything that has to do with the patient. They're looking for a very specific diagnosis that says, this is what you have. This is what we're going to give you. And the treatment is the same across the board. I mean, you can have you can have people that are, you know, 90 pound women and 350 pound men that are taking the exact same dose of a medication. Really? Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
2: Right. And I mean, and it's not that they don't change, you know, dosage and things I know you know, people will listen to this and say, well, I go to my doctor and say that something changed and they'll change my medication or they'll change my dosage or whatever. But it's focused on what the disease is you have, not the actual person. And one of the ways that I really see this play out is if you think about someone, um, let's say with diabetes, that comes in and has new symptoms, new things have come up, Um You know, in conventional medicine, a lot of times it'll be looked at, well, they're diabetic. So, I mean, of course they're having this. Or um, instead of saying, wait a second, what's going on? What do we need to be doing to change this? Um, You know, the same thing happens a lot of time with women with menopause, with depression and anxiety. Um, You know, I mean, so many things are tied to depression that you can come in with something and you know it's not normal and you know that it's a change, but you know, in conventional medicine, they'll say, well, this, this is a symptom of depression. So this is just part of her having depression. Um, and not that that can happen with men too. I just, we see it a lot more with women. So it's focused on, okay, what is this specific person? You know, what do they have going on? What is their environment? What is, you know, their specific set of circumstances? And then how can we change that and eliminate whatever the complaint is?
1: Yeah, I I see this. You you were given examples there of diabetes or depression. The biggest thing that I see I see this particular example with are people who have been diagnosed with hypothyroid, low functioning thyroid. Oh yeah. And then they complain about being cold, and they just blow it off as oh well, it's low functioning thyroid. But what if it's not? What if it's a circulation issue? What if it's what if right. it's something way more serious than thyroid? They, and- Go ahead. Yeah,
2: no, and weight gain is another one that we see all the time. If you have low-functioning thyroid, and a lot of people do, you may or may not have weight gain tied to that. But if you complain at some point in the future of weight gain – Well, that's part of your low-functioning thyroid.
1: Yeah. When it could be
2: something—I mean, you know, we see it all the time with people who have food sensitivities, and they're gaining weight because they're eating food they shouldn't be eating.
1: Or or serious gut dysfunction, or they get exposed to some toxic chemicals, or, you know, they just can't get rid of things. This— this happens so frequently and people really get mad about it in my office like i literally deal with the frustration because they're looking at me saying well how come someone hasn't talked about this sooner how come i haven't heard this you know before why is it that all of a sudden you're able to figure this out when no one else would would look and i'm like well well first off h- how long of an appointment did you get to have with your other doctor First off, typically it's five minutes, maybe, maybe, maybe six minutes. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, it's sometimes longer than that, but it's short. I mean, it's compared short. to it's short. Compared, in our office. Compared or, to an hour,
1: hour and a half sitting down with me to actually figuring stuff out, like – it just can't be addressed. And then, if you have multiple things that you have questions on, they don't allow you to. They don't allow you to address those a lot of a lot of times. You're only allowed to deal with one specific thing. If you haven't something else, then they want to. They want to come. Want you to come back. But when you come back, guess what they're going to do? They're going to blame it on what you had going on the first time right. when they threw that diagnosis. And at that you. was
2: what I was going to say. Is even if they had the time. They look at things in a different way, and we're going to kind of get into that I know, with some of the other differences that we talk about. but it's not just the lack of time because even if they had more time, they only have certain treatments for the disease that you have that's how they identify you not as the person who has this complex set of issues, but the disease that you have been diagnosed with
1: correct so that that just kind of that just kind of feeds right into you know the in, in the conventional medical model they're very pathology focused meaning what is the problem with the organ or system involved and then how what with that problem with those symptoms how can we manage those symptoms whereas in the functional medical model it is function focused like how well are your is your liver functioning? How well are your kidneys functioning? How well do these things work? If they're not working optimally, how can we improve them as opposed to saying, "Well, you don't have disease in there, you don't have pathology in your liver. Let's just it's fine." Well, I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Like you're I... you're by the time you have pathology in your liver, there've been all kinds of problems that have happened.
2: Right. And I think that we're really changing how we view health and, you know, and that's where we come in, but I think there's been this shift where people want to prevent these problems from happening. Conventional medicine isn't set up for that. They're not able to help you prevent. The reason why they don't care if your numbers are out of optimal range is because they don't have anything to do for you until you get into medical abnormal when it's an actual disease process. When functional medicine looks at, okay, here's what the optimal ranges for, you know, whatever they're looking at. And if you're out of that, why are you out of that? Let's address it now so you don't ever get to the point where there is a disease process going on. Because like TJ said, I mean, it varies depending on what you're looking at. But some of these tests that you run, you don't become out of medical range until you are really in poor shape because there's nothing they can do for you Except for something drastic, and they don't want to do that until you're in really bad shape.
1: Yeah, in, in fact, there, there's that that's couldn't be more true, especially when dealing with the thyroid. The range for thyroid numbers are is so broad that it, it's almost incomprehensible that it's that it's as broad as it is for all pretty much all aspects of thyroid function not exact not every single one but dang near every single one the the range is so broad that in order for you to be out of range on a thyroid panel and to have something wrong I can guarantee you, you have a whole host of other problems going on. And they also don't talk about how these things integrate with other pieces. They don't talk about how the thyroid works with cholesterol for you to make pregnenolone, which is your mother hormone, that allows you to then make all of your other hormones, like progesterone and cortisol and DHEA and testosterone and estrogen. They don't talk about that. They don't even bring that up. And, I mean, I literally... with. Almost every single patient that I see, I draw this little schematic on the board, and in less than five minutes, they have a better understanding of their thyroid, how their thyroid is, is plays a role in other hormone function, and how their cholesterol matters. And that's just three little components of their overall health, and they're just sitting there looking at me, asking questions like, well, how come no one has taken the time to explain it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I can't I can't help you with that. All I know is you're here now. We're ready to move forward with your health and optimizing you to get you back to the best you that you can be. I said a you a lot in that sentence. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, your point was well taken, and I think one of the things you said that's really important is that, you know, um the thyroid range for a lot of the thyroid numbers is really large. Oh, it's and abysmal.
1: There I, are there are there are tons of doctors out there that lecture on why that range needs to be changed.
2: Right. No. And I mean, it's shifting even, you know, somewhat in conventional medicine because it's just so wrong. It is so wrong. Um, But we get people all the time who come in and say, well, I know it's not my thyroid because my thyroid was just checked. And I know we talk about that a lot on the show. But if you're not feeling great or you're not feeling really well and your thyroid numbers have come back normal, it does not mean that you don't have a thyroid issue.
1: Because you you just might. Yeah. And you probably (laughs) do. Um. All right, we got to we got to take a break. Um, when we come back, um, I want to I'm going to we're going to continue this talk on functional versus conventional medicine and we're going to talk about like more about why the functional medical model may be a better choice for the vast majority of you out there. You're listening to Wellness 101.
0: are listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone,
1: 314-293-8123.
0: And welcome back to the show,
1: everyone. Um, if you're just tuning in, today we're talking about uh, com- differences between conventional and functional medicine. And we we started off talking about how conventional medicine is disease-centered uh, in general and how functional medicine is very patient-centered. Um, we care a lot about what is specifically going on with a person and less about the actual disease that they have. Um, and then that just rolled us right into how Conventional medicine is very pathology-focused, like how dysfunctional is someone's liver? What are the problems specifically going on in their liver or their kidneys or their lungs? Whereas in functional medicine, we're, we're very much more function-focused. Like how well is your liver functioning? How well are your kidneys functioning? I mean, bef- bef- like kidneys, for instance. Before, there's really much of anything to do from a conventional standpoint for kidney function— Your your kidneys are are in stage four or so of five possible stages of kidney failure. I mean, it doesn't even really come on their radar until you're in stage three that, hey, you know what? Your kidneys aren't functioning very well. You've lost half of, of your kidney function by then. Well, what if we just pay attention to that a little sooner and we do some things to optimize kidney function? Because it's really not that difficult if we know that there's an issue going on, which is why we focus on function. If we can make sure that your kidneys are functioning better, guess what? That's better for you. Same thing with the liver. If we can make sure that your liver is functioning well, then good for you because you're able to detoxify more. You're able to deal more with with some of the nutrition that goes through the liver. Like There are just so many things that are much more beneficial to a person if we actually look at function and see how things are operating and how well they're operating versus waiting on there to be a disease process in there and going, uh-oh, we have a problem, right? I mean yeah. that's like that's like not brushing your teeth until you have a cavity and then deciding, "Oh, we have got a cavity. I got to brush my teeth now." Well, it's a little late. Yeah. Right? It's a little late. So which this kind of brings me to to the next part that I want to talk about here um, when comparing conventional and functional medicine and that is that conventional medicine really and truly looks at the body as a as a group of organs or systems operating independently from each other, whereas conventional medicine or whereas functional medicine rather, we see the body operating as an integrated system, everything working together in harmony and in balance. And like, how how do, how do we how do we pull that apart and how do we tease that apart? Well, in conventional medicine, if you have a problem with, say, your blood pressure, you go to the cardiologist. If you have a problem with your kidneys, you go to the nephrologist. If you have a problem with your thyroid, you go to the endocrinologist. Well, why why are we not looking at—if someone has those three issues and has three different doctors that probably aren't talking together very well and are prescribing— Likely medications that the only person really looking to see if there's interactions is the pharmacist when you're picking those up, like why are we not seeing someone who's looking at well what is it that's going on that's causing the problem with the with the high blood pressure and with the with the with the thyroid disorder and with the kidney issues, what is there one thing that's causing a
2: problem? It's almost that's dealing- never one thing, right? Well, I mean,
1: that's true, but like, there's typically a, a some sort of root cause. It could, right. it may be two or three little things, but I mean, if you have high blood pressure, taking a blood pressure medication to artificially lower your blood pressure didn't actually fix why the blood pressure went up to begin with, like all of my farmers out there and uh, that are that are patients they, they we had this conversation the, the 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 body is a closed hydraulics system and any farmer any mechanic on the planet understands hydraulics pressure goes up in a hydraulic system when fluid goes up or when tubes get smaller and like so for those of you who don't understand the hydraulics and the nature of hydraulics you have more fluid, and that would mean you have more blood. Well, most of us, we don't have more blood. Or number two, your blood vessels got smaller in diameter. That's what raises pressure. Well, why did that happen? Well, you didn't get more blood, so why did your blood vessels get smaller in diameter? Well, that's, there are tons of different things that could cause that. And identifying those types of things are what's needed to lower that blood pressure long term. Going and taking a blood pressure medication, while it may be vital short term, especially if your blood pressure is really high, is not necessarily the answer for long term health. There are side effects of taking those medications. I, I could I could see Aaron's wheels turning, she's like, do you, "Do you want me? Do you want to give me a chance here?"
2: <laughs> no, it's just I don't. Aren't we talking about like that? Conventional medicine looks at the body as different parts? Yeah. I don't see how that, I guess I don't see how that ties into that point.
1: Well, in conventional medicine, they don't really acknowledge much that the kidneys have much more control and lungs have much more control over blood pressure than the heart. The heart really doesn't have anything to do with pressure. That makes sense. It's the kidneys that release this stuff and and, and this whole renin-angiotensin system I'm not going to get into that. And you release this stuff, and it goes to the lungs, and it causes you to, to to create this powerful vasoconstriction, this blood vessels constricting thing.
2: So you're saying they just look at the blood vessels; they don't look at no.
1: Like... They just look at the pressure and say, "Well, let's get the pressure down." We're not looking at why
2: the blood why the pressure went up, right? Okay. And I there see are that. tons of
1: different reasons why it could be the it could be the kidneys, it could be the lungs, it could be a toxic chemical, it could be a toxic metal, it could be a number of things, right? It could be foods that these people are eating.
2: Well, so here's my example. If you're interested, I am very interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, is infertility and reproductive endocr- endocrinologist? Now, I want to say that you know we are big advocates of fertility treatments. That's how we had our two children. So this is nothing against um, you know people who um, are helping others to get pregnant. But they, if someone comes in with infertility, They, you know, they treat them as, you know, they they do a few tests. Okay, you know, you weren't able to get pregnant for this amount of time. Um, You need to move on to fertility treatments without looking at the rest of the body. That's not what they're trained to do. But that's like treating people like they're healthy, except they just can't have kids. When a lot of the time... There is something going on with the yep. male or the female. I mean, we see it in our office all the time. Now, I'm not saying that if you fix those issues, that someone is still going to be able to get pregnant. I am a perfect example of that, right? And part of that was timing. Um, by the time we finally got right. things fixed with me, we just literally didn't have time to wait to see if I could get pregnant naturally. But I think we, you know, that's a really good example of a situation where you're. Looked at just as your infertility, and not as all of these possible causes:
1: thyroid issues, vascular problems, yeah. diabetes, toxic and chemicals, toxic toxic metals, metals huge drivers of infertility. And they're not even paying attention to it um, until those those patients end up in my office um, because or, because some fertility a specialist has referred them in or they heard our podcast or a friend and said, hey, why don't you go see these guys and see if they can, you know, help with the whole fertility thing. Yeah. And it, it works.
2: I was going to say, or we show up in the fertility doctor's office because yes. Um, yes. <laughs> that was, those are some very interesting conversations um, and a huge source of referrals now for couples who are struggling with infertility.
1: Yeah, it's just like... I. I can't stress enough how frustrated I think the general population is when they start realizing that everything is connected and how all of this interplay works between the body. This is this is why all these medications for various conditions have so many side effects. If, if the medication's having a ton of different types of side effects, well, then it's having a, an effect on that organ system. I mean, how many drugs out there do people take that have a side effect of dry mouth or diarrhea? Well, I mean, if you're taking a medication for for, you know, knee pain that can cause diarrhea, you think you're maybe affecting your gut? I'm pretty sure you are. And so, like when we stop and think just for a second, hey, you know what? Maybe just maybe we we need to look at the body as a whole as as opposed to a bunch of individual working parts like that that will help i think'll ease a lot of people's mind that hey, maybe I need to step out of this conventional medical model, maybe I need to venture into this 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 functional medicine and more natural way of of looking at the body and see if that can help me
2: right well here's the other thing I wanted to um. To ask you about because I I do agree that some people are, you know, getting frustrated with looking at this, you know, wanting doctors to look at them as more of a, you know, connected set of, you know, organs instead of just these separate systems. But I also think there are a lot of people out there who say, you know what, if I have a problem with my kidney, I want to go to the person who just does kidneys because they're going to know more than anybody else. Or, you know, I just want to go to the person who deals with, you know, whatever, Um, you know, just deals with the heart because I have heart issues. What would you say to those people who say, I don't care, I don't need someone who knows a little bit about everything. I want someone who knows everything about the organ I'm having an issue with.
1: I would tell them to then ask that practitioner, what their plan is to get them the healthiest that they could possibly be to not have to take the medications that they're going to prescribe. And I bet you you get a blank stare back because they don't have an answer for what to do to help you get healthy. They manage your symptoms, and they may be able to manage your issue just symptom-related, but what are they doing to actually return you to health? Because I've learned from taking note of our own patients that it's about 12 Somewhere between 10 and 12. It's varied from, from year to year. Medications that a person's on when they finally say, hey, you know what, this whole conventional medical model isn't working for me. i got to do something else because I'm tired of taking all these medications, and now they're just starting to give me medications for side effects from other medications.
2: People are on that many medications? Oh, my I mean, gosh, you have insane. no idea.
1: You have no idea.
2: Apparently not.
1: Yeah. The average is average over 65 is, is over 13 medications.
2: Wow. Yeah. And it's going up.
1: Every year it goes up.
2: Well, they keep coming out with new things. How many times have we been seeing commercials and we're like, oh, so that's a thing now. Like that's you know, they're gonna have a medication for that because apparently this is, you know, a new problem that you can have.
1: All right, we gotta take another break. When we come back, we're gonna continue talking about the difference between differences between conventional medicine and functional medicine. You're listening to Wellness 101.
0: you're listening to wellness 101 brought to you by the institute of natural health for more information visit them online at the institute of or by phone 314-293-8123
1: down the city And welcome back to the show everyone. Uh, if you're just tuning in today we're talking about the differences between functional medicine and conventional medicine. It's been quite the dis- discussion where we're pointing out glaring differences uh, between a conventional medical model and that which you may receive in a, in a functional medicine um, clinic you know and uh, we we talked a lot i i am not going to go back and rehash what we've what we've talked about i want to move on and i want to talk about how conventional medicine is very pharmacological pharmaceutical based um in their treatments and how functional medicine is more lifestyle and nutrition based and we all are are aware of this when you go to a conventional medical doctor no matter what you have for the most part their answer is going to be drugs right you may require surgery you may require something else you know entirely but for the most part their answer is going to be some sort of pharmaceutical medication as if you're deficient in that pharmaceutical medication whereas in the functional medicine model we focus a lot on nutrition why are, we, why are we having the issues that we're having? What, what vitamins and minerals are we missing that are preventing us from being our healthiest version of ourself? Like, I, people, people come to us because they're either A, on a ton of medications, or B, they're really not on a lot of medications, and they're, they will be quick to say, I don't want to take drugs. I want. I do not want to take drugs, and I know that's what my doctor is going to put me on because that's what they put everybody on. That's what they've put my friends on. That's what they've done. They just don't want to take it, and I think people are wising up. Um, because they see these commercials all the time on on television, just, you know, touting the medication, and then we, you know, we spend a few seconds talking about the benefits that the medication has, and then the rest of the commercial, the rest of the minute talking about all the potential side effects that come with it. And And we
2: tune those out. I mean, I don't know. I, I probably listen more now, but I think most people do. I did for the longest time. You don't even really hear it, because it's on all of those commercials. So it's not, I don't, you know, think that I when I was you know dealing with the conventional medical model would have heard those side effects and been like oh I should be concerned it's just so second nature that there's this list of side effects and I want to go back to what you had said before about um you know, they prescribe a medication as if you were deficient in that medication. Like, I always heard that um, when I first kind of stepped out of the conventional medical model to get help when I was really sick. And what I would hear a lot is um, the, you know, they the treatment of depression. Like, you know, if you are depressed, you it's not because you have a Prozac deficiency. Like, that was kind of the key wording that a lot of doctors were, you know, these alternative medicine doctors were using at the time. And it didn't really, I don't think I really understood what they meant. I was like, well, yeah, no one's claiming you're Prozac deficient, of course. Like, that is even, like, I don't understand why that's, like, The phrase that everyone's using. But I really want to break that down in case anyone is like I am and saying, well, yeah, of course. Like, I mean, you're not given a medication because you're deficient in the medication. But what we're saying is that medication isn't fixing a problem with you. If you were deficient in that medication and they gave you that medication, then you would be able to properly function. That's not what what medications do. Medications cover up what you have going on. That is their purpose. They're not fixing you. If they were fixing you, you would eventually be able to get off of them. That is not what
1: happens. And, And if I may interject right there, if you pay attention to the commercials, they actually say on the commercials... This medication is to treat the symptoms of said disease. Right. That's what they say. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to point that out. Like they're, they're blatantly telling you, hey, we're not fixing anything. We're just actually treating the symptoms of the, of the disease. Right. Well, well, what if we identified what's causing the problem, work on that, and then maybe the problem just goes away.
2: But I think that is such – that's the difference in thinking. And that's something that I don't think I really got at the beginning is that – Pharmaceutical medications aren't made to fix you. I think people take them thinking, I have this issue and I'm going to fix it by taking this medication. It never fixes. It's not meant to fix. It's meant to cover up. And that's all it's going to do. And so not only do you have to keep taking it, maybe you get switched to a different dosage. Maybe you get switched to a different medication. Um, But you're going to be on Some sort of medication for that problem for the rest of your life because it's not fixing anything. And then you get other medications added because either you get side effects from the medication that you're taking or you get additional problems from that underlying issue that was never actually addressed. So you're covering up the symptoms from that. It keeps getting worse. You just don't have the symptoms. And then new symptoms pop up because the body isn't able to function as it's supposed to. When you really think about it, that's what our issue is with pharmaceutical medications. If it was helping, I wouldn't care that it's a billion-dollar industry. You know, I wouldn't care that people are profiting. To me, I would be like, okay, go ahead because you're helping us. But it's not. It's giving us this false sense of security that... It's making it easier for us to get sicker and that's how they continue to make money. Um, You know, it's way more profitable than, you know, where we're at actually getting people better, but I think people are wising up. I mean, I, I don't know. I certainly hope so.
1: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Erin Flynn, the uh, mother of my children. Um, I we have like a half hour left. The show is basically over. That was <laughs> Did that I was, everything You up. summed it all up. It. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, I very well said. Very well oh, said. You. We will we will play that on the loop and post that all over social media forever because wow, that was impressive. It was it it's so true. Uh, no truer words have ever been spoken on this on this. Show, that was wow. Some even I get amazed sometimes. That that was amazing. Um, So enough about that. Let's move on to the next one. Um, Well, let's piggyback just a little bit, right? In there, you basically truly identified another big difference between conventional medicine and functional medicine, and it's that conventional medicine treats the symptom functional medicine tries to find the cause. I'll just sum that up very quickly. She said it much more eloquently than that, but if you're if you're taking notes at home and I know some of our listeners out there are, that's that's what basically she just said. So changing gears again, uh, one of the things that conventional medicine does is they they basically define health as just the absence of disease. And disease is by their standards, right? It's disease, not necessarily dysfunction. Whereas in functional medicine, we talk about health being about vitality, being your truest self, being your the healthiest version of you that you can possibly be. And I ask a lot of people, well, I ask everyone. It's one of my standard questions when you come in to, to see me is when was the last time you felt well and the vast majority of of the time i get some version of i don't remember when i when was the last time i felt well or it's been so long that i i don't even know where to start or something along those lines very rarely do i get it was you know the last time i felt well was 2 years ago after i fell off that horse like it just it doesn't happen that way because most of the time people's issues are chronic, longstanding problems that have been going on for years and years and years. And they
2: happen so slowly and they
1: happen so slowly that they don't actually realize how bad they felt. And, you know, I, we have a we have a patient, bless her heart, I, w- I really wish I could uh, shout her story from the rooftops, but it's not my story to tell. But she said in my office—we've been working together for a few months, I think about six—and she literally—I said, so how are things going? And she said, I can't believe I feel this good. I didn't know how well I could feel. And literally, she's out telling everybody and their brother because she sent several people into our office as patients because they've witnessed her transformation— They've literally watched her turn around her entire life, and they didn't think she was that bad, quote, bad off to begin with. But now they're seeing all of these just radical changes that she's made and how much more energy she has, how much more vibrant and vital her life is, and it's, it's just that's what we see. That's what we focus. I was going to say
2: that's extremely common for people to say, "Wow, I didn't realize I felt so bad." The other thing we do here, and I want to make sure that we, you know, that this is out there also, is you know we've talked about before that healing is not linear. You don't like come into our office and then get better and better and better and better and better. That's not how healing works. You're going to go through dips, and you know people have to stick with us. But a lot of times people don't realize also how much better they feel until they have a bad day, um, because those will happen, and they're like. Oh wait, I was doing a million times better, and then you just keep piggybacking off of that as you um, continue to get well. Um, you know, after starting treatment
1: with us, so. that's a very good point. We got to take a break, but I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit more about how healing is not linear. You're listening to Wellness 101.
0: You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone,
2: 314-293-8123.
1: And welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, Today we've been talking about the differences, differences between functional medicine and conventional medicine. And right before the break, Erin had brought up a a fantastic point um, that I definitely want to talk a little bit more about. And she was talking about how healing is not linear. And it is so true. As humans, I think personally that it's human nature that for us to believe that if we make a conscious effort, that if we're, if we're doing something to improve our health, that we, every single day, we're going to be a little better, and a little better, and a little better, and a little better, until all of a sudden, sometime down the road, we are just better. That could not be farther from the truth. Healing is a long, windy road full of ups and downs, good days and bad days, and the, the the key here is is how to the, the outlook basically it's the outlook. I talk to all of my patients about how, how what to look for in change. Most people are coming to us. They've had chronic issues. They've had a chronic problem. It's been going on for years, maybe decades. Right, and they don't really realize how bad they feel. And you know maybe they felt bad for ten years. Well. They didn't just all of a sudden wake up one day and feel bad and then feel bad for 10 years. It was a gradual process of feeling bad. And so people don't really realize many times how bad they truly feel. And we implement, we figure out what's going on and we implement a game plan to help return optimal health to that person. And they start doing the things that they need to do. Well, they may feel better initially, but then they have a bad day and you know then they feel better for a few days and then they have another bad day and it's or not, a bad series of days or, you yeah, know i mean or a bad week, week yeah right but the thing is and and a lot of times and i i warn people look you're going to want to call me up and blame Everything that we're doing on making you worse. And that's not really truly what's going on because if we really truly measured out, there's some positive change that is is really truly going on. More often than not, that's what's happening. And so, what the person is experiencing is what I refer to as a velocity of change issue. And what I mean by that is they got to a point where they feel bad over the course of decades. And then we get them feeling good, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then over the course of 24, 48 hours, they feel bad again. Well, that velocity of change from feeling good going all the way back down to feeling bad makes it seem like it's a million times worse than what they were when they walked into the door and it's really not the case they're just they just had a bad day and what i encourage people to do is pay attention write down positive change we're looking for small victories we're looking for more good days than bad we're looking to add up the cumulative points here to show little progress because if all we if all we're looking for is being sick, guess what we or, or or feeling bad? All we're going to find is being sick or feeling bad. We've got to look for those small victories and take those small wins when we can. And when we start to see those small victories start adding up, that's when we start getting momentum and that's when that's when real positive change really truly starts to happen.
2: That was a really good point can I add something to that? Add,
1: add, add away. And,
2: and this comes from a patient perspective, but just the way that I look at it and you can certainly disagree with me if, um, or let uh, me know uh, if you disagree. I, 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 you I know better. <laughs> <laughs> I will win. Um, no, but I think that also what could be happening, and I think of this a lot when we talk about things with food sensitivities or like with me with gluten, once I was diagnosed with celiac disease, um, I don't, I think it's hard for people to understand how I ate gluten for the majority of my life. And then now if I get a speck of gluten in something, I feel really bad. Um, I think that part of that can also be happening when people start to get well because their body has, is so busy dealing with all of the stuff that it has going on that it doesn't necessarily have these big reactions when something goes wrong, like if they eat something wrong. But once you start getting well, your body is like doing what it's supposed to be by saying, hey, this isn't right. Like there's something going on here and that's how it's supposed to function, right? It is supposed to alert you that something is going on. It kind of, all of those reactions kind of get dulled when you're feeling so poorly and your body is dealing with so many other things, so I think part of it is that too is that like I mean, if you think about someone who gives up fast food and doesn't eat it for like you know months or even years and then eats it, they feel horrible. They have a horrible reaction. It's because that you know their body is like this is not okay. But when they were eating it all the time, yeah. it's like well this is normal. Like I'm not gonna throw a fit about it because. Like this is uh, what you do. More garbage in, more right? garbage in.
1: The body's just like, I give up. I'm, it's more garbage. No, that's that's it's that's, that's very true. It's you know we've we've got to be got to be be kind to yourself and be patient with yourself in the whole healing process, and and also be kind to yourself when you when you step out and decide, hey, I'm gonna actually give the functional medicine model a try. And whatever practitioner you, you see starts to explain things specific to you. I mean, we've been talking in this show about generalities because that's all we can really do. We're not talking specific individual people. Um, but when, when you step out and you see that functional medicine doctor for the first time, you have that first visit, and they start explaining what you have going on and how all of these different things pertain to you and – like you have this frustration of, well, how come no one has told me this before? My, my my suggestion, my invitation is to take that frustration and that anger that's built up that you didn't even know was built up and and point that in the direction of being more determined to get yourself well to where you don't have to go back into that conventional medical model ever. Like the the objective is to help you, you know, be the healthiest, most vital you possible, so that that you're not reliant on a system that is merely you know looking for whether or not you have a disease in that organ and what drugs to give you and what symptoms they're trying to tamp down like that that's not health we right. all we all can agree that's not health right that's just that that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about health that has absolutely nothing to do with health. Or wellness, you know, health and wellness is about, you know, being feeling young, being able to do the things that you want to do and and not feel like you're 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 being held back by the fact that, oh, I have this chronic condition, so I can't go do this or I have this chronic condition, so I can't go do that or I can't leave my house because I I'm going to have to take a nap in the afternoon. Like that's no way to that's no way to live. That's not thriving.
2: Right. And one quick point I want to um. I want to give just because and I know this isn't what we were really talking about but you had said when you sit down with your functional medicine provider and they start describing these things. Now I know that this is not the point of the show, but a point I want to make is that we have seen so many people more lately than ever coming in who have seen functional medicine providers who do not really know much about functional medicine. So I just want to say do your due diligence, look for someone certified. So many people are out there claiming to be functional medicine minded or, you know, they'll I mean during saying I'm a functional medicine practitioner without having any actual training or certification and it's not the same. And I just I mean I we get frustrated that people are told things that aren't true. They're seeing people that can't actually help them. So I just want to this is a reminder, make sure that you're really looking into it and choosing someone that has a certification and has been doing this for a while cuz
0: yeah, you know
1: that that's also key. Been doing it for a while. Just having the certification, I mean, you could have got certified yesterday. Right. But if you haven't treated people for a while that it could still be an issue. So that's about all the time we have for today's show. Um, we've you know I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you have more questions, please call us um, 314-293-8123. shoot us an email with your questions info at inHSTL.com follow us on social media um, at inhstl. Um,
2: oh yeah, and I'm now on um, Aaron period k period flynn if you just want to see pictures of our kids <laughs> <laughs> that's really all for, I post. for now Yeah, but that's gonna i change. do plan on posting other things but right now it's just literally pictures and videos of our kids
1: so that's all the time for today for aaron i'm dr tj this has been wellness 101 thanks for listening